God gave us adrenaline for a reason, and I'm glad he did. Life is meant to be thrilling, but it's not meant to be lived just chasing thrills. Don't throw away the only life you've been given. Living for the next thrill is just a waste if that's all you're doing. Imagine every day waking up and achieving your dreams, making a difference, and really living for the ultimate thrill. That's the real thrill sequence you were always meant to live. Well, thanks for being a part of our Thrill Sequence launch here this week at River Valley Church. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we did this two years ago as a multiple-part series. And uh, from that, uh, a publisher heard about it and turned it into a book. And uh, I'm relaunching it again, and it's going nationwide. And it's kind of exciting that uh, what we did as a church is being able to affect the body of Christ around the world. And so I love the creativity of our team, our staff, and everybody that uses their gifts and talent. Some of our kids' ministry material is starting to go nationwide, and uh, this book is no different. It's going nationwide. And I want to let you know that it all started with an observation, okay? It just started with an observation. I was noticing that people were chasing after thrills, and uh, it seemed like uh, we were just becoming a Red Bull, five-hour energy world, uh, chase after thrills, and it felt like social media was uh, putting it on steroids, if you will, and saying, all right, let's chase after thrills, let's go for it, let's run and, and get all that we can out of it, and it looked like there was a competition going on. And uh, then we got together as a staff, and, and we were saying, it looks like people are chasing after all the wrong things. How many think about that? People are chasing after all the wrong things. And we said, it's like they're chasing after all the wrong things. It's like they're caught in this trap, this vicious cycle. It's like they're stuck in a, a thrill sequence. And in that moment, we're like, that's it. That's it. They're stuck in a thrill sequence. And we came up with the term thrill sequence and we made it up. And I'm hoping that it catches on in culture. But uh, if I could just define it, it's saying people are addicted to thrills. People are addicted to chasing after stuff that doesn't matter, and they're bored. How many know people that are bored? They have so much, and they're bored. And these people are bored, and they're chasing after thrills, and they're going after it. And, and so we said they're, they're chasing after thrills, they're bored, and they want to then uh, go after more, go after more, and then they use social media to go around and share. And uh, if you are using your social media, you might use Facebook, uh, or you might use Twitter, or you might use Instagram, or you might need, need to use Periscope. How many know about Periscope? Go ahead, raise your hand here at all of our campuses if you know about Periscope. Okay, that's the latest thing. All right, get with it. All right, now get with it. Come on. All right, you notice all the teenagers like, yeah, I'm doing that. So you might use that social media. And so he said people are bored, they chase the thrills, and then they put it out on social media, and they want to say, I was there, I did this, I've been there, and that becomes the currency. And you get the rush and the, the feeling of, I did it, you didn't, and here it is. And, and then after a while, how many know that that gets... It just gets old, like it just wears off. So you need a bigger thrill, a bigger thing, a, a higher thing to jump from, a, a bigger buzz. And so people are starting to get addicted to adrenaline and this affirmation and this currency of people saying, oh, that's so cool. You did that. Oh, that was so cool. That's so amazing. Oh, you are really going for it and you're doing all this stuff. And so people just get stuck in this never-ending cycle. 
this thrill sequence of chasing after these things. And so we came up with the term, and then we did the sermon series, and then uh, it became a book. And I, I just was super excited to see it. Um, it had a picture of that guy flyboarding on the cover, and uh, you know they wanted to do a roller coaster on the front. And I was like, man, the flyboard guy is way more exciting. Uh, how many glad there's a flyboard guy on there? Yeah, and, and we need to do that as a life group. Somebody start that one, and I'll join it. But uh, uh, so it, it's actually my second book. And for those of you that don't know, I did a, a first book, and it's kind of horrible to even to show this, but I was way heavier before, and uh, I did a book called Change Before You Have To, and I think they have the fat picture and my skinny picture uh, there for you to be able to see. Yeah, that was me, fat guy and now skinnier guy, and I was an XL shirt, and now I'm a medium, and I feel so much better. Uh, but that first book, the thing that I loved about it was a couple things. I love change lives that were happening from it. You don't know what it's like to go out to a restaurant, somebody comes over and goes, hey, uh, I want to let you know I got your book, um, Change Before You Have To, and my whole life changed. You know, I, I restored my marriage. I, did, I was golfing once, and this guy came up to me, and he said, you won't believe this. I had a guy I was going to fire, but I gave him your book instead, and he's now our number one employee. He uh, is sober. He restored his marriage. He gave his life to Jesus, and he now commutes to your church, and he's like, thank God for writing the book. So seeing people's lives, lives change, that was like part one. And then part two was uh, giving to Kingdom Builders. And uh, with my first book and now with the second book, all the money that comes from the book sales at River Valley will go to Kingdom Builders. Okay, so this weekend, if you buy it, or next weekend, um, if you buy it for $10, it's normally $15. But if you buy it for $10, uh, all the money goes to Kingdom Builders. And I just want to say how cool that is, that apart from pastoring and tithing and giving like I do, it feels like I, I kind of started a book business, if you will, unintentionally, and I can give this money to Kingdom Builders. And if we sell all the books that we have on hand at River Valley Church, we can make twenty to $30,000 for Kingdom Builders. And I thank God for that opportunity. So if you get one uh, for yourself, you get one to give away, this really is a, a modern-day, purpose-driven life book for those people that like adrenaline, all right? And uh, I think that it could be used to change a lot of lives and raise some money for Kingdom Builders, and I'm super, super excited for that, and it's just an honor that you would even buy that book, and uh, I, I'm so blessed by it. Uh, if you want some social media stuff and you want to give it a shout out uh, to have it gain traction around the world, uh, thrillsequence.com has all sorts of social media stuff that you can get there. So we came up with the term. We did the series, it turned into a book, and now we're back again, but it was more than just a term, more than just an observation. You can learn a lot by observing and watching people, and uh, I love to people watching. You can observe, you can watch this, uh, but you can learn a lot by taking what you look at in life and then looking at the Word of God and saying, God, is there an answer? Is there an answer? Is there something there? Is there something that can help help define what I'm thinking. And for me, this scripture just jumped off the page. Proverbs 21, 17 said this, you're addicted to thrills. What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. How many think that that almost sounds like thrill sequence scripture right there? You're addicted to thrills. What an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. Now it just jumped out at me. It just jumped out at me because chasing after thrills, it never satisfies, but it didn't end there. As I'm reading the word, Proverbs 15, 21 jumps out. It says, the empty-headed treat life as a plaything. The perceptive grasps its meaning and make a go of it. 
They make a go of it. They, they understand what life is about and you really go for it and you live it up to the potential. And I believe this life is not a plaything. I believe eternity is waiting. I believe life is amazing. It can be fun. There can be pain involved, but life is not a plaything. It's an amazing thing and it's never frivolous. And I think if we can break out of the, the thrill sequence that the world's stuck in, we can just say, God, we want to live for something more. I want to live for something more. So people are wondering, they're wondering, you know, what's missing? What's missing? What exactly is the more? What is it that I'm looking for? Because each of us is looking for something and they, they keep trying that thrill sequence. And the problem is the thrill sequence says more, but it never says well done. How do know that? God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You're, you did it. You did the right things. But the thrill sequence always says more, more, more. It never says well done. It just keeps pushing you to what's next and what's next and what's next. Proverbs 27, 20 says, death and destruction are never satisfied and neither are human eyes. We should learn. The word of God's telling us right there. It's not, your eyes are never gonna be satisfied if you're like, what about one more car? What about one more thrill? What about one more bungee jump? What about one more dollar? What about one more? It'll never be satisfied. But we keep looking and pushing and pushing and pushing. The thing that I realize is that someday all of us are gonna have to give account for what we did with our life. We're all going to have to give account for what we did. We're going to stand before God. He's going to be like, I gave you your life. I gave you the opportunity to find me. I gave you the opportunity to live for something meaningful. Did you do it? And it seems like the world is stuck in this thrill sequence, chasing after these things, cramming in thrills, cramming in saying, I want to be busy. I want to make money. I want to have success. I want to get education. I, I, I have wanderlust. I have sexual lust. I have bucket lists. I have fame. I have adrenaline. I have amusement. I'm going to try to pack it all in, never really hitting the real meaning. Bible says in Proverbs 14, 21, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And I'll say this, if you're trapped in the thrill sequence, it may seem right, it may seem like it's gotta be right. Everybody else is chasing after this stuff. It's gotta be right, it's, it's, it has to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And if you think it'll satisfy, I need, you need to get smart. And uh, in the book, we talk about it, in this sermon, I wanna talk about the guy uh, by the name of Solomon. I won't spend a lot of time on it. If you want to learn more about him, you can look at the other uh, sermon series that we did. It's online. But Solomon just said, I've done it all. I have been the ultimate thrill sequence guy. Matter of fact, I love the way the message translation calls him. Like, he's trying to say, I'm the man. You know, like, I've chased all the thrills. And the message translation of the Bible says, I am the quester. I am the quester. And he said, I've done it. I've done it all. If you think I, you can top this, you can't. I have done it all. I mean, you think about it. He's like, I have had wives upon wives upon wives. I've had servants. I've had race cars. Well, you had race donkeys, race camels, you know, and horses, you know. He's like, I've had vineyards. I've had fame. I've had it all. I mean, I thought about this. Who was he and what can he be compared to in our modern day? He was Trump, Cuban, Beckham, Fallon, and Jay-Z all rolled into one, Okay. <laughs> No, a lot of you are like, I wonder what the hair would look. No, no, don't go there. All right, yeah. Think about what he'd live like. He had it all. He had it all. He's like, I have chased every thrill, every level, every department, every category. I've chased it all. And guess what? It doesn't satisfy. Ecclesiastes 2.1, he says, I said to myself, let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it. Nothing but smoke. Here's the thing. 
You can't squeeze the joy you're looking for out of this life because it's not there. You can't. They were like, squeeze it, squeeze it. There's got to be more, maybe another dollar, another thing. You, you, it's not there. You can't make the joy you're looking for chasing the thrills of this world. Thomas Quintus realized this when he said, man cannot live without joy. Therefore, when he's deprived of true spiritual joy, it's necessary that he becomes addicted to carnal pleasures. This guy figured it out. He said, you need joy. There's something in you saying, like, I was created for more. I was created to experience life. There was something in me that would give me meaning and purpose. And if I, if I can't find joy, I'll, I'll get addicted to carnal things because maybe those things will give me joy, but that just leads to death. And so we chase and chase and chase, and we try to see if we can outdo Solomon, and you can't. It's empty. It's meaningless. And I feel this way. I... I just want to say this so strong. Don't waste your life in the thrill sequence and be filled to empty. Don't waste your life in the thrill sequence and be filled to empty. You're full of stuff that doesn't matter and your life still feels empty. You can only be filled by God. You can only be filled by God, period. Amen. Yeah. All right. I know at the other campuses you all said amen. All right. So, but that's it. That's it. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's first, he thrills, and the rest is simply this, as well. It doesn't say you can't enjoy flyboarding and these other things. It doesn't mean that you can't have a nice car. It doesn't mean you can't, but it says that's just the as well of your life. You were really made to know God, to be known by God, to bring him glory, to bring him honor. And if you seek him first, he'll add all the, don't worry, he'll take care of you. You'll be okay. You will live with a purpose, but we chase after the as well like it's the end all be all. It's just the as well. Don't, don't get caught up in the as well. I wrote this down in my notes, and it's kind of tongue twister. You know that saying, all's well that ends well? And I was like, all's as well isn't well. You know, it's like the as well isn't well. That doesn't make sense. All right, we'll move on. All right. <laughs> the Westminster Catechism said the chief aim for man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I believe that. I believe that. I believe we're made to know God. I believe we're made to enjoy God. I believe when I read the Bible, when I look at every page, it's dripping with God saying, I want to be in relationship with you. It started in relationship. The relationship was broken. I, I, I made the step towards you. I sent my son to die for you. It's about restoring right relationship. I want to be in relationship with you forever and ever and eternity. And while you're here, I'm not just leaving you here to take up space. I've got a purpose and a plan for you. And all those things that are in you, we're going to put those to good use. You are here to know God and to be known by God. And I believe this. I believe it's our job as a church to show the world that there's something bigger to live for. I believe it's our job as a church to say there's something. There's a real thrill sequence you can live for. It's pretty amazing. You can live for this, and it'll change your life. It's God. It's God. It's God. You were meant to know God. You were meant to get in on grace. You were meant to know and, and have your relationship with God restored. And I apologize to anybody that thinks the church has done a poor job representing the best thrill on the planet. How many of you know sometimes we come off as not very thrilled? <laughs> you know, going to church, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, yeah, of course. Yeah. Seriously, 
Who's buying that? Nobody's buying that. That's, first of all, that's not the way to live the life with God. The ultimate thrill sequence with God because we are created for something to find joy. And when you find it in Christ, you've got true joy. How many know that we could go out in the world and represent true joy to the world by just talking about the presence of God? I mean, that could keep you going for years and years talking about the presence of God and how you feel the presence of God. You never feel alone. You, he's there with you through the hard times, the good times. You could talk about feeling the presence of God to the point that you cry or, or fall to your knees or you feel the supernatural presence of God. That right there is like people be like, wait, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. What is that? What are you talking about right there? Here's the thing that I, I think. I think rich people are intrigued by the presence of God because they can buy everything else. And then when they get around the presence of God, they're like, whoa, whoa, what is that? I had no, I, I, whoa, 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 how's that? Everybody's longing for it, but there's sometimes we think, I don't know if they're wondering, but I'll tell you what, I believe Jay-Z, I believe Trump, I believe all those people would be overwhelmed by the presence of God. That's the real thrill sequence. It's bigger than anything they could buy. And we get the presence of God because we're his children. We have the power of God to talk about. How many know that you can talk about the miracles and the healings and the, and the supernatural things that God has done? That, that's thrill sequence stuff. How many know we have the pleasure of God, the fact that you feel satisfied after you do something for God. You go and you, you help the least of these and all of a sudden you feel the pleasure of God on you that he's smiling saying, well done, good job. That's something the thrill sequence never gives them. You can feel the praise of God, and when you're praising God, how many know when you're in worship and praising God, you're close to God, and there's, you could talk to the world about that and represent the thrill sequence of what really matters. You have the peace of God, and of course, I'm a, a preacher, so all these had to be with peas. How many of you have noticed that trend right there? You know? We have the proclamation of God. See, I just was being creative there. We can go out and share who Jesus is. How many know that going on a global team and sharing with someone uh, faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time, that's spectacular. How many know that when you actually share your faith with someone and they come into the salvation grace of Jesus, that's a thrill sequence. We have such an amazing thrill sequence to live for God. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet. We ought to be so happy, they ought to be wondering what we're doing, all right? That's what I'm saying. We ought to be so full of, because here's the thing, even in our struggles, we have the peace of God that's there, and people are like, how do you, how do you live like that? Man, I'm living at a level of thrill sequence you'd have no idea. I have the peace of God in the midst of this storm. I have the peace of God in the midst of this tragedy. I have the peace of God. I am living. That's how we should live as followers of Jesus Christ, living the thrill sequence, saying it's, it's, it's a spiritual thrill sequence with God. Uh, the early church, they were thrilled with the message of grace, and then they went and changed the world. The early church, they were just thrilled with, like, God's going to give us grace. We don't have to earn our way to God. Let's go change the world with that message. Jesus died. He rose again. God wants to forgive you. You don't have to do anything for it. It's, it's, he loves you, and he wants to forgive you. Ask forgiveness. I mean, they, they went and changed the world with that. We could do the same right now today. Here's the deal. In our walk with God, he needs to be the center of our lives. He is not a value add or the as well. He's the center of it. He's the center of it. So we've got people trapped in the thrill sequence. We've got us that should be living a, a real spiritual thrill sequence out there sharing with the world. Here's what it's all about. And then as we do this, like how do we live in God's thrill sequence? I just gave you a whole bunch of things that talk about the benefits of being in it and ways to share about it. But I believe that you can be living in the thrill sequence of God making him smile. 
I love what Rick Warren says. Pastor Rick Warren, he said, the smile of God is the goal of your life. All right, so be thinking of that. God, I want to make you smile. So I'm going to do things that make you smile. I'm going, to, I'm going to use my adrenaline. I'm going to use my life. I'm going to use every breath that you give me to make you smile. What do you want me to do? I mean, it's very practical. I want us to just feel like the psalmist in Psalm 40, verse 8, where he says, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I take joy in doing this. I want to do this. I want to, do your, I want to bring a smile to you. So I, I put this in the book and I'll give it to you today. I believe that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've broken out of the old thrill sequence and you're living for God the way that you should, the way to really take the thrill sequence for God to the whole next level, the whole next level is to see the word disciple as a noun and a verb. Okay, now pay attention. I wasn't very good at English in school. I wish I would have paid a lot closer attention, but I do understand what's a noun and what's a verb, all right? The past, present part of simple, sometimes that confuses me, all right? And there, 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 and there. You know what I mean? How many know what I'm talking about? All right, but this one is easy. Disciple is a noun and a verb. If you treat the word disciple as a noun and a verb, I believe you'll start living the thrill sequence. What do I mean by this, okay? I am a disciple of Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. I will be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Noun. Okay? And if you live that way, like, I will follow Jesus. I will be a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to do whatever he says and whatever makes him smile. I'm going to be a disciple. Noun. That's half the equation of living for the thrill sequence with what really matters. Here's the second part. Verb. I will disciple. You're not excited about that one, are you? Like, okay, that means work. If you take it as a noun, I will be a disciple. You're still going to be disobedient if you don't take it as a verb. But a lot of people are like, I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I want to, I want to learn. I want to this. I want to, okay, but I'm going to do disciples. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to turn it into a verb, and I'm going to put some action behind it. I am, I will be and do. They go together. You're like, well, I'm not much of a doer. How many of like, sometimes people uh, will say, that's not really my passion to do that. You know, you, you need to do it. You need to serve. You need to get out there and make being a disciple uh, a verb as well as a noun. Be and do. It's where true fulfillment comes from. You can go for it. And I'm telling you what, everything we do at River Valley Church, everything we do at River Valley Church is there to help you to live in the be and the do. Everything we do at River Valley Church is to help you to live in the be and the do. I will be a disciple. Okay? So what do we do? We say have soap time. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Be a disciple. You are going to become who God wants you to be. And as you do your soap reading and all that, all of a sudden you start to become it. You're like following. And then you say, but guess what? We've got more for it. We've got life groups for you. We want that so you can be and do. Sometimes you become, uh, you know, you learn more in your life groups. And other times you lead them. 
and you're actually, some of your life groups are serving things, but it's so that you can be and do. How many know that our global teams, we say within four years of being at River Valley Church, we want you to go on a global team. Why? Because we're trying to help you to be and do, noun and verb. And when you do noun and verb, you start living for the thrill sequence that God intended you for, and your whole life changes. That joy, that happiness comes in. So you're like, well, I don't want to go on a global team, you know? Well, you're, you're, what are you doing in the verb category? When you go out and you make disciples, how about life teams that we have here? Life teams, you say, well, what is that? That is taking disciple to being a verb. You are going to find your place to serve on a life team and help make disciples. How many know that when you're watching kids in the nursery, you are making disciples, you're turning it into the verb? How many know you're greeting, you're doing the welcome center, you're leading a life group, you're in the worship team? How many know that you're on a prayer team, you're turning it into that? How many know you're mentoring somebody, you are making disciples? How many know that when you're leading somebody to faith in Jesus Christ and you're, doing, you're being, you're turning it into the verb? There's joy in being a disciple and there's joy in doing discipleship and making more disciples. There's more. Kingdom builders. It's about being a disciple and doing. It's about taking it and saying, God, I want to hear what you speak to me and I want to be in this relationship with you. In this relationship, tell me how much I should give towards this and I want you to help me to become a less greedy person and a more generous person. I'm going to become a disciple, but as I give and I'm helping to build things and grow the kingdom of God and reach the least of these, I'm turning it into a verb in kingdom builders. We have so many different things that we do around River Valley Church, and it's so that you'll have noun and verb, and you'll truly be living the thrill sequence. So let me close with this. Please, please God. Simple. Please, please God. That's your pastor asking you right now. Please, please God. Please God, take the life that he's given you. Take the adrenaline that he's given you. Take whatever gifts and talents he's given you. Be, become a disciple, follow him, and then do all the things he's called you to do. Don't waste your adrenaline. There's coming a day that you're gonna have to stand before God and give account, live accordingly. Thank God that if you crossed the line and you broke out of the old thrill sequence of chasing after things that didn't matter and you crossed the line to follow God, now you're really living for the things that are mattering. And you're saying, God, this matters. This matters. And I'm going to chase after you with all the aggressiveness that I chase after you. I just had this thought. Some of you were known as party animals before you found Christ. Why are you so tame as a follower of Jesus Christ now? Okay? God got rid of your sinful nature, but he didn't get rid of your aggressiveness. Get going. Lead some things. Create a little chaos around the church. Get the life group a little spiced up. Keep the lampshade off your head, but you know what I'm saying. Let's, let's, seriously, do missions. Go after the riskiest people that no one would ever want to share their faith with and use that aggressive nature that God gave you for something good for him. Let's not just be passive, timid, followers of Jesus, thanking God that we broke out of meaningless life of this thrill sequence and then just settled to just occupy space. We are not here to occupy space. We are here to make a difference for God and live in his thrill sequence and show the world they can break out of that and enter into this. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us. 
you would help us break out of that and move into what is meaningful, Lord Jesus. I pray for that. I pray for that. I pray for anyone that's trapped in the thrill sequence of chasing after all the things that the world says, the shiny things and the things the world tries to make look better than they really are. I pray that people would break free. And at the end of the service with prayer team members, if there are people that need to find you as Lord and Savior, they feel like they've been stuck in that thrill sequence, they have no meaning, I pray that a prayer team member would lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. And then I thank you, God, for those of us that have broken out of that old thrill sequence. Now we're living for you. And I pray, God, that we'd use our adrenaline for kingdom purposes. We do the things that you've called us to do. We wouldn't be content to just, you know, be saved. We'd want to make disciples. We'd see disciple as a noun and a verb and to make a difference for you, God. So help us to be more active. And lastly, I do pray, Lord, honestly, for those people that are aggressive. Lord, they're aggressive on the softball field. They're aggressive in the marketplace. They're aggressive all over. And then for some reason, they feel like they're coming to the church and it's time to be peaceful and sedate. And maybe this is a place to just get rid of a a carnal aggressiveness, but Lord, I don't want them to lose their aggressive chasing. I want them to use it for you. And I pray that they'd be leaders. They'd use their gifts and talents for you. They would stir things up in the church and we'd we'd go after more people and and make a bigger difference and, and give more, do more, live more for you, Lord, and chase after the only one that really matters. So God, help us. Uh, to live for the ultimate thrill, which is knowing you, being forgiven by you, and making you known to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.